Nordstrom's making moves to be the best of breed in the retail business on this consumer goods edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you from beautiful Alexandria, Virginia, at Fool Headquarters. And joining me today is the incomparable Adam Levine Weinberg, one of our writers. How's it going, Adam? I'm doing well. How are you? Not too shabby. So uh, you're out in Chicago, right? That's correct. How uh, how are the Cubbies doing? Uh, they're doing pretty well this year. It looks like they may have a playoff run in them. Yeah, if they were in any other division, they'd probably be number one, right? Yeah. Sweet. But, okay. Yeah. Very good. So, uh, for those of you just that are just joining us, uh, Adam and I were talking earlier about uh, Nordstrom and how they're making basically major strides to have this awesome portfolio of businesses. It's been a great stock for the last five years, um, and I, I really wanted to just talk about with our listeners, uh, 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 just to inform everybody. So, Adam, what is uh, Nordstrom doing to separate itself from the pack? So, a lot of the, the department stores have been under a lot of pressure in the past uh, five years or so um, since the, the Great Recession. They haven't bounced back as well as, um, as some other industries. And uh, if you look at Macy's, which is, was one of the exceptions and um, did do really well in the first few years after the Great Recession, even Macy's is starting to, uh, to run into some trouble uh, growing its sales. So... In the first half of 2015, its comparable store sales declined. So that's the um, the sales within stores that were also open the previous year. And that was their and, saving grace because they seemed to be getting all those customers that weren't going to uh, JCPenney and Sears. <laughs> yeah, and they, they've sort of they they've already kind of knocked out a lot of competition, and now it's getting harder to to keep finding new customers um, and keep customers coming back, um, especially when there's lots of, of retailers out there trying to to attract customers with great discounts. Um, and even JCPenney is making uh, an attempt, at least, at a comeback. Um, so it's definitely getting harder for companies like Macy's. And so Macy's uh, just last week cut its full-year guidance. So now it's expecting for its total sales to decline about 1%. Yeah, I was really, year. really surprised when I read that. Um, so how are things over at Nordstrom? So Nordstrom, um, at this, you know, just a, a day after Macy's reported, Nordstrom basically blew um, the expectations out of the water, said that their comparable store sales were up 4.9% in the second quarter, and they actually raised their full-year guidance. So now they're expecting to have uh, 3.5% to 4.5% comparable sales growth, and total sales are expected to be up uh, about 85 to 9.5%. So they're almost a double-digit that is the, yeah, that's white hot. What so? What are they? Just for our listeners, you know, they may or may not be familiar with Nordstrom's business model. Um, uh, how are they pulling this off? So, I think one of the keys to Nordstrom's success in recent years, and especially uh, uh, what will be the key to its success going forward, is its efforts at diversification. So, for a long time. I mean, Nordstrom is a company that's been around since 1901, so they're more than 100 years old. Um, but for the past several decades, they really were a, a full-line department store where they sold luxury goods um, in stores, mostly in malls and sometimes in downtown uh, locations within cities. Um, and those full-line stores are still a very important part of their business um, and make up more than half of their sales. But in addition to that, they have a thriving um e-commerce business on Nordstrom.com. They've also uh, 
began opening up a, a chain of off-price stores called Nordstrom Rack, which have become incredibly successful. And a couple of years ago, they actually surpassed the, the, the department stores in terms of the store count. So while Nordstrom um, department stores are larger and, and there's more, they get more sales per store, um, there's actually more Nordstrom Racks out there today than there are uh, regular Nordstrom stores. Wow. On top of that, they, they began opening... Um, well, the first, a few years ago, they bought a site called Hot Look, which is a flash sale discount retail uh, fashion site. And they used the technology from that to open up a NordstromRack.com site. So it's sort of a, an off-price version of their website. And then in addition to that, they uh, announced a few years ago that they wanted to expand into Canada. They opened their first store there almost a year ago, last September. They opened a second store in uh, Ottawa earlier this year. They've got a third store in Vancouver, which is going to be one of their flagships, and that's supposed to open uh, just next month, actually. Uh, they have a few more stores already planned there. And then the last uh, business is another acquisition. Uh, about a year ago, they bought a company called Trunk Club, um, which is a sort of internet-based concierge service. Yeah, I see them on my Facebook news feed. <laughs> yeah, if you're, you know, they, they market heavily to, uh, to guys in the business world um, trying to to offer them the convenience of sending, they'll send you clothes um, that you talk to a personal stylist, they'll send you a box of things they think you'll like, um, and you can keep what you like and send the rest back with free return shipping. And as the personal stylist gets to know you better, hopefully they'll make um, you know better and better suggestions for what you could add to your wardrobe. So that's a business that only started um, about five years ago, um, and it's grown like like wildfire, and Nordstrom bought them out for $350 million last year, um, and they they uh, expect that business to grow really quickly in the future. So it sounds like um, you're talking about all these new initiatives and openings. It sounds like um, you know the traditional stores aren't where the growth is. Yeah, that's uh, completely true. If you look at 2014, the sales in Nordstrom's full-line stores uh, actually declined by a fraction of 1%. Uh, it was because they closed a couple of stores and the comparable store sales were pretty much even with the year before. But at the same time, you had the online sales on Nordstrom.com up 23% year over year. Nordstrom Rack sales rose about 17%, mostly because they've been adding uh, more than two dozen stores every year. Uh, their NordstromRacks.com site got started up last year, and so that led to a growth of 22% in their off-price online sales. And then the other retail segment, which includes the, the Trunk Club acquisition as well as the new stores in Canada, sales there more than tripled. And that was particularly impressive because those two divisions only came into the picture in the second half of the year. So they didn't even have a full year of sales. Wow. Um, but despite all this growth um, outside of Nordstrom's um, full-line department stores, those full-line stores in the U.S. still represented about 58% of its total sales in 2014. But there's definitely a changing of the guard occurring gradually at Nordstrom. Yeah, it's not hard to imagine um, a day when the traditional department stores make up you know, a little less than half. Um, yeah, so, uh, absolutely. 
Okay. Well, uh, before when we get back from our little break here, we will be talking about Nordstrom as a business and the financial ramifications of its uh, basically recent growth initiatives. Before we move on, I wanted to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all industry-focused listeners. If you have found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter, started more than 10 years ago by Motley, Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for all of our industry-focused listeners. It is $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And uh, if you're just joining us, I'm here with Adam Lyon Weinberg, and we're talking about Nordstrom's latest growth initiatives, and they're basically slowly diversifying away from uh, their hardline department stores. Um, so, Adam, they're basically building a collection of portfolio of billion-dollar businesses. Yeah, that's really the way that I see it. Um, if you look at their newer business lines, so if you uh, leave out the uh, traditional full-line department stores in the U.S., which are about you know, close to $8 billion now, Nordstrom.com, the uh, full-line website, their sales got up to $2 billion last year. Wow. Nordstrom Rack, which has been uh, around there a little longer and has been expanding really quickly, uh, sales in their stores were up to $3.2 billion last year. Um, so you already have three pretty distinct billion-dollar businesses at Nordstrom, and then there's three newer business areas, which are also definitely on their way there. So if you look at their off-price websites, NordstromRack.com and Hotbook, sales were about $360 million last year and grew 50% in the first half of 2015. And so just last week, Nordstrom's management said that they're on track for at least a half billion dollars in sales on those off-price sites this year. And with that level of growth, they're pretty certain to get up to a billion dollars within a few more years. Um, and then in Canada, that's another area where Nordstrom has laid out a very clear target of, of uh, reaching a billion dollars in sales over time. Um, they've got two stores open, as I said. The third one in Vancouver is opening next month. And then between uh, late 2016 and early 2017, they're opening three stores in the, the Toronto area. Um, and so that'll already get them at least halfway there, I think. And they, they plan to bring the Nordstrom Rack chain to Canada as well. And they'll probably add uh, a few more full-line stores over the coming years as well. And so with, um, with a couple of really high-profile locations in Canada, plus uh, a handful of other full-line stores and Nordstrom Rack stores, that's a, uh, definitely a billion-dollar business in the making and should be there in probably six to eight years, would be my guess. And then finally, Trunk Club. Um, they doubled their sales in 2014 to $100 million, and they expect to double their sales again in 2015, which would bring them up to about $200 million. And uh, next month, they're going to be entering the women's business. So up until now, Trunk Club has been a, a men's-only business. And so that uh, actually more than doubles the opportunity because uh, women's apparel is a, a larger business than men's apparel. Yeah, I'm surprised they so didn't do that first. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it was a, a model which they wanted to try out in the men's business um, because it, in some ways it, it appeals to a lot of guys who don't have the patience to go shopping and deal with them all. But it's definitely a business that has a lot of potential for uh, for women's apparel as well. And so uh, as they continue to build awareness, and especially now that it's part of Nordstrom, which is a giant fashion company, um, that'll really help spread awareness and, and help to grow the business faster in the future. 
Awesome. So uh, they're obviously growing like crazy. They're open stores in Canada. You got the Trunk Club. Um, are they making money doing all this? Because growth is one thing, but bottom line's another thing. Yeah. So you really have to distinguish between the short term and the long term impact when you think about um, the, how Nordstrom's growth is going to affect its earnings. So if you just look at its earnings per share growth, it's actually slowed to a crawl in the last few years. Um, Nordstrom earned 356. Uh, per share in, in 2012, and for 2015, they're expecting adjusted earnings per share of 370 to 380. So that's only uh, compound growth of maybe two to three percent, depending on where the earnings come out. However, sales growth has remained strong and throughout that period, and is actually getting stronger now. The real problem is just that heavy investments in this growth are holding back earnings per share at the moment. Uh, so, for as an example. Uh, Nordstrom's actually called out the expansion into Canada and the growth of Trunk Club and the acquisition of Trunk Club as well as being particular businesses that are holding back earnings per share. And they, uh, they estimated the impact on their total profitability for this year um, at $38 million on their operating profit. At least they so, pulled it out, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so basically Lesser companies between, might not. Between Canada and Trunk Club, they're losing $38 million um, for interest in taxes this year. And that's for a number of reasons. You know, one just to give one example, in Canada, every time they open a new store, they hire all of the new department managers, about 30 of them, months in advance. They bring them on a three-month all-expense-paid trip to Seattle, where they go through an orientation at the company's headquarters and then work for uh, a fair amount of time in a Nordstrom store alongside a Nordstrom department manager and basically learn their job um, from someone who's already an expert at it. And so that's a very expensive proposition because the store is not open. They're not bringing any revenue, and yet they're paying all of these managers' salaries um, and paying for them to come to Seattle. So that's something which is, you know, I think it's going to be a great investment in terms of translating the legendary customer service that Nordstrom has in the U.S., translating that to Canada. Um, but it does have a short-term impact on profitability. Awesome. Um, but the thing, the thing to remember is that as these businesses grow and mature, um, those losses should turn to significant profits. So do you feel like Nordstrom is misunderstood in any way? I mean, it's got this this valuation. It's like 19 times uh, forward earnings. Uh, I, I, you know, that's, that's a premium to the market. Like, it's losing money in these gross news. Like, what... what what do investors think? What do you think is going on? So I, I definitely think a lot of analysts and investors are kind of skeptical about Nordstrom stock because it has such a, such a high valuation, especially compared to retail peers. Um, 19 times forward earnings is, is high for the market, but it's especially high uh, compared to most other department stores. But as I said, Nordstrom isn't just a department store, and it's diversifying um, into a lot of growth areas that have significant long-term potential even if they're not producing very much profit right now. Um, by the early 2020s, I, I fully expect Nordstrom to have six distinct billion-dollar businesses. Uh, and just to recap, that's the, the U.S. department store business. It's the Nordstrom.com e-commerce business, NordstromRack.com off-price e-commerce uh, business. You've got the Nordstrom Rack stores. And then on top of that, you have the entry into Canada as your fifth business, and then Trunk Club as the sixth one. So you have all of these, these uh, little companies within the company uh, that are growing, and as they grow, they will become significantly more profitable. And in the case of Canada and Trunk Club, they're actually hurting earnings right now. But within a few years, they should be contributing 
um, quite a bit to profitability. Nordstrom has projected that they'll have at least $20 billion in sales by 2020. That, to me, actually seems a little bit conservative. It could be a little higher than that. And by that point, I think that the, the legacy business, if you will, the U.S. department stores, will only be about 40 to 45% of the total. So, so basically what you have is between uh, 2015 and 2020, all these other businesses are going to be growing up to scale. And that could lead to both sales growth and margin expansion, which could drive many years back-to-back of low- to mid-teens EPS growth, which will gradually uh, close up that valuation at premium and should drive the stock higher as well. And it, just sort of as a concluding thought, if you you look at Amazon, that's a company which is also growing really quickly. In fact, it's growing even faster at about 20% a year. Um, but it has uh, a valuation at more than 100 times forward earnings, which shows that investors that understand with Amazon that it's a growth company, it's investing a lot of money in all of these different initiatives, and that over time, not only will its sales grow, but its margins are going to expand. Um, and I think that Nordstrom actually might be more like Amazon than a lot of investors realize. Yeah, especially as, if these uh, you know these online internet-based initiatives really start to pick up. Yeah, and so as all of these uh, new growth areas start to to get to scale, they'll become much more profitable than they are today, and that should have a, a big positive impact on Nordstrom's company-wide profitability. Awesome. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Adam. I can't wait to talk to you again. Sounds great. Have a good one. And uh, if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Adam Levine Weinberg, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and Fool on.